everybody, and welcome to the Invincible Podcast, probably the best superhero podcast in the universe. This is a show where friends sit around and talk all things Invincible, a comic book and animated series created by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley. I am one of your hosts, Ryan, and joining me as always are my good friends, Bill. Hi, everyone. And TJ. Hello. What's TJ. TJ. How are you guys doing? Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil 4, so I'm like, that's where my is brain's it, at right now. You're just like closing your eyes and seeing it? Yeah. 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 Well, we mm-hmm. just got done with our interview, which you guys are going to hear in a little bit. We uh, got to chat with Fred Kennedy, uh, writer of Dead Romans over at Image Comics. Uh, got to gush and just nerd out about a bunch of in- Invincible stuff. Really fun chat. So that is coming up soon. But first, I wanted to get some uh, housekeeping out of the way and then talk about some of the latest Invincible news. Uh, first up, if you wanted to email us to be a part of the show, which one person did, I got to make sure to pull that up here. Um, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. Um, you can go over to theinvinciblepodcast.com for our website. From there, you can contact us easily, see all the episodes uh, in order, as well as see a handy reading guide for you know any of the spinoffs and where they take place and everything like that. So go check that out. Um, we are also Chromacast, and we are very close to the final issue of Chroma, right? Is it, is it still April? Oh my god, it's I forgot it was April. April, and it's almost yep. April. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. That flew by. That's all right. Not too bad. So you've got by. time you, to catch up. Go read the first three issues of Chroma, and then listen to our Chroma Cast podcast. We do that with a friend of the show, Wyatt Lane, and the guy who does all of our music. Uh, we have a great time chatting over on that podcast, and it's a, such a great story. It's so it's so good. Uh, Lorenzo De Felici is killing it. Um, yeah. Comes out April twelfth. Very cool. And then, and then also coming out in April that I wanted to shout out right at the top here, Image, the anthology book, issue 12 comes out next month, and we get a new science dog story from Cory Walker. Yeah. So that is very exciting. So next time we chat on this podcast, there will be new science dog, new Robert Kirkman, new Cory Walker to talk about. Oh my God, that's exciting. Very exciting. And Bill, I know we talked about it last time, but in um, it was the Skybound X... I think it was issue four. There was a science dog story, and that one ended with a really cool cliffhanger. So everybody's got to go reread that and mm-hmm. catch up on um, where that story ended before uh, Image Anthology issue 12. Um, we also had our seven-year anniversary since the last time we chatted. We put out a fun little video. <laughs> Bill, it's insane. Seven years. I just can't. Ridiculous, man. Uh, we put out a little fun video. Where last time our buddy Wyatt Lane was uh, in town, we did our uh, uh, Invincible Trivia video, and we also filmed a couple other things, and so we released one of those called Invincible Taboo. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the game, it's just a card game where you're split into teams, and your partner has to try and um, get you to say the name of the, uh, or the, the word on the top of the card, you know, without saying any of the, you know, you know, uh, uh, whatever words beneath them, not... What, keywords yeah there's um, certain words buzzwords yeah there's certain buzzwords beneath that word that you can't say um for example at the top of the card could say adam eve and the words you can't say are uh pink pink samantha you know girlfriend whatever you know the, and it's usually the first things that come to mind so you sit there and you struggle for a second because you can't quite say anything mm-hmm. anyways it was a really fun video go check that that that's over on youtube um yeah so getting over into the invincible news Actually, before we get into Invincible News, I'm going to pull up the email that we have. This one 
comes to us from uh, Travis. So Travis says, Hello, Ryan, Bill, and TJ, a.k.a. It's the sweet one. Mm -hmm. Uh. (laughs) I recently listened to your cover (laughs) countdown episode list and loved it, which, by the way, Ryan Otley, shouting out, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was a great episode. We had a blast doing that. Uh, I have to be honest, my experience was different with Invincible. After binge reading issues 1 through 75, I got into the habit of purchasing the volumes that collected six issues. So I had to wait six months to read new Invincible, and I would only quickly glance at the single-issue covers as to not have my mind create any spoilers. If I read, purchased, or enjoyed the Invincible comic book monthly like I do any normal comic book fan, then I'd have included my list instead of uh, this long, wordy email explaining my comic cover experience. Now, if you do a cover (laughs) countdown for Savage Dragon, um, Thunderbolts, you know, my cover list is ready for years. I'm also reaching out to ask if you've seen the YouTube channel Death Battle between Omni-Man versus Homelander that came out about nine, nine months ago. It was my favorite rewatchable of the Death Battles. Also, with the announcement of Jeffrey Dean Morgan joining the cast of Amazon's Amazeballs Invincible, I was hoping he was not either character the internet suggested. Now, hear me out. I've always heard Conquest's voice to be more gravelly and battle-ridden, like Jim Cumming, Clancy Brown, yes, he voices Damien Darkblood, um, or Peter Cullen. He voices two different bad guys in a cartoon called Megas XLR and does a phenomenal job, in my opinion. With Grand Regent Thrag, I always thought of a more regal and intimidating voice like Dr. Doom, who does not hesitate getting his hands dirty in a fight. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, but now, Mr. Morgan is an actor, so he might, ju- he might do a great job and surprise me. Um, I'm not going to boycott the show because of it. However, I think Mr. Morgan would be a perfect General Craig. Why? Because Craig beat the shit out of Alan, held his own against Nolan and Mark on Thraxa, survived the Viltrumite War, and is a player on an Earth with his many, many wives that he loves. Plus, he's already the big bad in The Walking Dead, so in my opinion, he can be two big bads in two Kirkman verses. Unless this is a trend starting and starting, and Mr. Morgan will always be the big bads in the Kirkman verse, like playing Lucifer in the upcoming Battle Pope show or some or movie. Thanks for always for this great podcast and keep creating it. Uh, keep creating. Uh, I'll keep listening. Love, Travis. Thrawn Seven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna, I'm Thanks, gonna, Travis. I'm gonna dig in here. I'm gonna dig in here. There's because there's a lot to uncover there. I'm probably yeah, yeah, gonna yeah. miss some stuff. So first of all, we did see the death battle. Uh, yep. I feel like we I've talked only about seen it on the once. episode. I feel like I've only seen it once, and it's time to rewatch it. So when we're done here, I'm probably gonna watch that. Yeah. Because uh, it was awesome. Thank you, thank you for everything that you said about uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, because we all talked about that, and I agree with you, Travis. I, I, he's gonna, he'll be if he is. Uh, Thrag, he'll be great. He'll be great. I just don't see him as Thrag, but I also don't see Seth Rogen as Alan. I got used to it, right? So I'm sure it'll be great if he mm-hmm. is Thrag. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I don't. I don't personally see it. Yeah, he's definitely not Thrag. He. I would put all my money on. He's definitely not Thrag. Mm-hmm. I think if what? anything, he's he's you you I think bet, he's conquest. you bet your. You bet your no, whole conquest. life that it was Thrag. Conquest. I think those are Conquest, I never, yeah. I said Conquest. I did not did you? Thrag. I might have said yeah. Conquest. Okay, okay, yeah. As yeah. time maybe, has gone maybe, on, maybe. and I got to say, Travis, you, you got a good case. I think you've convinced me. Yep. I think, like, after reading your email, I'm like, damn, he'd be, General Craig would be perfect. It is, it is. It's that, he's, he's that I mean, he's kind a character, of character. He's a character that has a lot of levity in this, the comic, but he can expound on it a lot in the yeah. show. Like, so he could take a little character like Craig and make him. Craig, Craig, Craig. It's K K R E G G G, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they could do a lot. They could 
spend a lot more time with him and make him like an actual like lieutenant. Yeah. That's reoccurring. That would be really cool. That, yeah. I'd like that. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for the email, man. If anybody wants to email us, remember, you can email us at theinvinciblepodcast at gmail.com. Now on to the Invincible-related news. Uh, First up, there was another quick video posted over on uh, Skybound Games' Twitter, um, which was a part two to the Fall Guys video with Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley playing more Fall Guys. And it is... Just as great as the first one. Just seeing them yeah. fuck around on that game, you know, using the Invincible costumes is just a blast. So that was fun. Make sure to go check that out. Um, we also got the reveal of the Invincible Universe collection cover. So it has oh Adam Eve on the cover and we get to, you know, all the images in the background. It looks very much uh, in the style and theme of the um, uh, Compendium collections, the mm-hmm. soft cover Compendium collections with the... Uh, you know, like I said, the same layout with the uh, art in the background with the, of the main character and everything on the front. Looks great. Can't wait. So is this going to have just Invincible Universe? This will have. Invincible presents Adam Eve. Invincible presents Adam Eve and Rexplode. Uh, Invincible, I'm sorry, Guarding the Globe. It, okay, that's... Invincible Universe. Yeah. I think that's it. Is that it, TJ? Pretty sure that's it think so yeah um if there's one i'm forgetting sorry but i think that's it um they absolutely the the fact that they're doing this and it says you know collection one or whatever on the bottom like opening the door having it available so that if there was ever more they can create a collection two not enough people have read invincible universe and guarding the globe was good but invincible universe i remember like the globe sets up invincible Invincible yeah it does yeah but it is it it, just gets better and better it, what was great about it is that it scratched that invincible itch when we didn't have any. And it yeah. was like, whoa, this it's fun to dive back into the universe and mm-hmm. it feels just like it. I'm very excited. To, I mean, I started the reread. Um, I got about halfway through the series and then we got, you know, we did the uh, trivia and everything like that. And then I've just been too busy to go back to it. I want to finish my reread of Invincible. And I think I'm going to go back to reread those because it has been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um so when yeah. does that come out? Thanks for, thanks for asking, Bill, because they also released the date. So now we know that is out June 7th. And are pre-orders up or? Um, I don't think it's necessarily a pre-order thing, but it is listed on um, like Diamond and everything like that. Or, or, you know, you can you can go to your comic shop and ask for it now. Mm. Your comic shops can order this for you. So, yes, you can pre-order it that way. Um, I'm not sure if it's a online physical kind of pre-order thing, but in person, you can pre-order it from your comic shops. So that is the Invincible Universe uh, collection. Um, Skybound also put out uh, an interview with um, Marge Dean. Uh, you know, they've been doing uh, International Women's Month uh, uh, interviews and stuff like that and articles. So Skybound Animation Chief Marge Dean. Uh, so this is the Animation Chief. And they had this uh, a really great uh, interview on, it was um, really really good article. Really yeah, good. did you check it out, TJ? Yeah. So I pulled one excerpt that I, excerpt. That's a weird word, isn't it? Um, that I wanted to read to you guys. Um, the question is: You right now you're deep into production on Invincible season two and three. Can you say how they may differ from season one? And Marge goes on to say, "Well, one big difference between season one and season two, and this is technical stuff. There's a lot of CG in season one." And we chose to go almost purely traditional 2D. 
There are some CG elements there. There are some vehicles, and we do use computer programs to build some of our sets, our backgrounds. But for the most part, the work being done in Korea is traditional hand-drawn animation. I think it will have a slightly different feel than season one did. As for the story, if you're a fan and you've read the comics, it's the cycle of stuff that happens. We are being true to the comics. Robert Kirkman's really empathetic uh, that we reference the comics. I think we might be doing that a little bit more than they did on season one. And Robert's really, really involved in Invincible Seasons 2 and 3. He was involved in Season 1, but this time he's really invested in this. So we are getting a lot of his attention, which is great. I mean, his intention always makes everything better. Wow, what a... Wow! So (laughs) many things made me happy in that. Right? Less CG and, like, more traditional, that's going to be... That's going to look amazing. Because, like, well, I mean, we had a lot of gripes about that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, there are some, of those, some of those it. things it that, yeah, you're right, mm-hmm. um, which is just goes to show the quality of the show and the story that that kind of was overlooked for the most part. Um, but it's there, especially on consecutive watches. You're like, oh, yeah, you start to see the seams. Um, but, man, the polishing of that, that's, like, great news in itself. And then she goes on to say, yeah, we might be following the comics a little bit more than season one. It's like, oh, all right, sure. Mm-hmm. Robert Kirkman's really involved this time. It's like, what? Like, all really good things. Um, so that was super cool. Um, but go check out the interview over on skybound.com. Uh, it was a really great chat with her and her history, um, getting into animation animation industry and everything like that. So, all right. Uh, a couple more things here. There was also a Seth Rogen interview over on comicbook.com. And I know both of you watched this and I do want to talk about this. Now I'm going to read it right now. If I get a chance, I'll insert it instead of, uh, uh, reading it, but here it goes. It actually has a lot. Uh, uh, well, let me back it up. They asked him how, uh, invincible, uh, the invincible animated series has impacted the, um, uh, the movie, because the movie is still in production, they say mm-hmm. to Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen's quote is, it actually has a lot. Uh, Invincible was something not a lot of people in general had heard of before the animated se- animated series. There was a live action take that was different from the animated take, as it were. Then the animated show came out and that was very faithful to the comic and was incredibly popular. He continued, at that point, it seemed like maybe doing a live action take that was good, but very different would be weird and maybe not acknowledging the things that people liked about the animated version. Then in our heads, the live action take seemed to be like it should feel like a live action adaptation of the cartoon, which is a direct adaptation of the comic. All right, guys, back at it. The Invincible movie. I think trugs along. What's happening? I think originally, I think originally they, and I said this even before this article, I've, I've been saying this for a long time, when they said years ago that they had a different take on uh, on the Invincible movie and they pitched it to Kirkman and Kirkman was receptive to it and thought it was great. I always thought that that take was a superhero murder mystery. And I, it, it makes sense. I think it tracks with what Seth Rogen is saying here when he's talking about how now that the animation uh, the animated series is out. That doesn't really make sense anymore. When back then, I think it would have. It would have been something new and and you know different. But now that the animated series is out and it's and that's a thing, I think fans of the animated show, not not, not even so much the comic, but but both, wouldn't like it as much now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? As much as they would back then. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm just not getting my hopes up. I'm just not. I, I'm just not. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm more excited about it unfortunately again after that <laughs> interview like i i hate to have it like 
rekindle. You yeah, know what I mean? No, because I we've been talking about it for so long. But the fact that he was very candid about it, yeah, and like and, and was like, you know what? And he and that's that's a lot of information. That yeah. is the most information that we've gotten since it was fucking announced, yes. like years ago. And that's so, the, I mean, that's the thing with this is not so much that it rekindles anything for me. It's just more of like an explanation of like, all right, so here's mm-hmm. the deal. We had this off the wall idea that was kind of an adaptation, but not really, you know, it was something different, you know, and I'm, 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 you know, this isn't a quote or anything like that. I'm just speaking out my ass here. Um, but that's what it sounded like. It sounded like, Hey, they, they've got this interpretation of it. And Kirkman had said that it was something somewhat of a take on it, something different. Um, and then invincible blows up and becomes well known. Okay. Well now we can't do a weird take on something that is blowing mm-hmm. up it has to be a faithful adaptation. So now they've just kind of redone it, I'm sure, and now they're just going for this. So they've, they've I'm assuming they've basically scrapped and are starting over. They which is, absolutely had to have. There's no way they could have. For sure, for sure. Yeah. But, I, but again, like every other year, someone just says like one of, one of them, whether we'll say, it be oh, Kirkman yeah, or Seth, Kirk, Seth Rogen or somebody will just mention the Invincible movie and then we'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so re- revigorated and excited about it. But it's like the last time we heard this before was like the ninth draft of the script is done. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, well, so they're working on it. They're working on it. And now we're hearing, we're going back to the drawing board. We scrapped all nine drafts. <laughs> it's over. And you guys again are like, no, I'm like excited. This is fun. I it's did not like, say that. Oh, I'm, I'm just not, saying I'm like, not. we're they're, they're telling us, we ask for what's going on. We say, why mm-hmm. is this not happening? happening and they're saying here's why it's not happening this is this is the this is the way it goes and 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 Mm -hmm. making movies are hard and so before we get off this topic i want to get your opinion tj and ryan are you excited about this news or were you looking forward to seeing that's a good take of invincible that's a good question because i'm i'm on record on this podcast of saying that i'd be interested in seeing a different take because the animated series is the faithful adaptation of the comic um seeing it live action is just another faithful adaptation of the comic and i don't necessarily need to see Mm -hmm. the live action because the live action will have its limitations no matter the budget it will have its limitations whether that be scope or you know cg or you know or what um or just the the time that they can tell in, in in just a live action thing um but uh so i was kind of looking forward to it i mean granted I I trust the story, you know, more knowing what it what it is versus this other idea. Who knows what that other idea was? Um, but yeah, so I, I can't say I'm more or less excited about it. It's just another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, I didn't think of it. Obviously, it. I'm not going to think of this as a negative. It's definitely not a negative thing. But I'm not necessarily thinking of the, like overly positive about it either. It's just like oh, like I saw mm-hmm. the article and I'm like, yeah, cool. All right. No, oh, but would oh, you rather also also, also also like Ryan Otley's opening an online store? Oh, cool. No, but nice. would you would That's you have how rather I feel about it? It's like nice. Would you rather have seen a different take, or would, are you like? Would you rather have seen a more direct like, adaptation? Yeah, direct I, adaptation. I I, I think mm. I would have liked. I, th- I originally liked the idea of a different adaptation, but the way Seth Rogen talks about it, I think I agree with what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So That's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. Okay like, with, I, yeah. I agree with it. Like he knows, you know, who yeah, knows what the it. original take was the guy who decided that it's not good enough. And they're going back to the original. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. if they were that convinced that it was going to be the right direction, they would still be doing it. And maybe some yeah. of that will influence the, you know, going forward what they end up doing. But Ultimately, all, all I say is 
at the end of the day, whether it's, you know, five years from now, 20 years from now, I want to know what that take was. I do too. But here's the thing. I don't think that it ever could have been a different take. I don't think how they could take Invincible and I make think, it something different. I don't think TJ's that far off. Imagine a two-hour superhero noir kind of murder mystery thing like that. No, because is that in this fits world. A, that fits a tone. Like you'd go with the tone, and and who wants to see that? But anyways, what I was gonna say was that like depends when you on do, the tone. I mean, you when, got Scott TJ, Pilgrim. Scott, TJ. Scott Pilgrim is a very specific tone, but it's fucking incredible. It depends on the tone. What I was going to say is that you have works of art like Batman where there's multiple there's like fucking almost 100 years of comics and different stories and you could do a different take like you yeah. could that's why all these different Batman movies are different takes of Batman but it makes sense cuz it's like open to interpretation who this character is and what he's like Invincible is so linear in the story and that like this is what happens to this person there's not really yeah. something no, there to it. turn it into something else Yeah but I think they could have. I just don't think it would have been as good. I think they could have made it. And 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 Ryan threw out the word noir. I'm not necessarily saying it needs to be like no. very like 50s old timey type of thing. It doesn't need to be that. But a superhero murder mystery never really happened. I mean, you have Watchmen, which was, of course, incredible. But like a kind of like a Watchmen take on Invincible. It hasn't. You know what I mean? But it has been done. It's been done in Watchmen. But what if it was like a knives how many, out? How many times? Knives out tone. How many? Kind of, how many? How many times yeah. is Invincible in its in its, you know, as it should be been done? Way more times than just Watchmen. Way more times. Yeah. I think we're saying the same stuff though. But yeah, that's interesting. I'm 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 interested to see where where that goes. But at the end of the day, you know, this is just like we've said. We've accepted that this thing takes a long time. If it happens, awesome. If it doesn't whatever we've got the amazing animated series we've got the comic and we'll be excited to see whatever else comes down the line um and then the last piece of news that tj already spoiled ryan Otley has an online shop coming soon um he's been talking about it and it's getting closer and closer and he uh reached out recently um to anyone that had uh signed up for notifications on his website uh that he will have an online shop going live and has said that there will be things such as prints some of his early invincible comps will be on there so everybody listening pretend you didn't hear this you didn't hear yeah. this don't buy anything leave it for us no <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's uh so that's gonna be cool you know and opportunities for people to like fill their collection you know if you got any gaps or something like that maybe there'll be some of those kind of issues popping up um but yeah that does it. Other that's than, not. No, 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 no. Which, what, 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 that's not the last bit of news. What else we got? Speaking of Robert Kirkman and speaking of movies, Robert Kirkman has a fucking movie coming out this month. Uh, go see that's Renfield. Right. Start, it's coming out the 14th. So oh my gosh. 14th of April. So that's like two weeks. We got if Renfield, you're watching, If you're listening to this on the Chroma, day. Science Dog. We got some exciting Kirkman slash, I don't know. I'm excited for Renfield. I mean, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, uh, you know, uh, Nick um, Holt, Nicholas Holt. I'm excited for it. I, yeah, think, I think it's, it's going to be, be good. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and, and overly gory, too, I hope. Because like the, be. the Red Band trailer is like, oh, this is this goes pretty hard. It's going to be cool to see Robert Kirkman's name up on the screen when we're sitting in a movie theater, too. Mm-hmm. That'd be neat. Yeah. All right, guys, let's head over to our uh, our chat with Fred Kennedy. Uh, Fred Kennedy uh, uh, reached out to us recently through um, through Twitter because uh, he wanted to chat Invincible, and we know him through uh, 
uh, he's a radio host out here our way in Western New York. Um, and yeah, we wanted to, we had a good time chatting with, chatting with him, talking about uh, what kind of stories we would want to pitch in the Invincible Universe in an anthology, talking about favorite characters. And he shows off some of the greatest original art I've seen. Uh, he's he's got he's got a cool collection. Highlight, highlight, and he's got some stories. He's got some stories. Behind, yeah. It was it was so a lot good. of fun. So strap in, enjoy the enjoy the chat, guys, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the show, Fred. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. This is uh so. You reached out to us actually uh, a couple of weeks ago and wanted to talk Invincible, and this it timed out perfectly because you just have the new comic coming out, Dead uh, Dead Romans, and yeah. so I wanted to talk to you a bit about that and about your journey in comics, what Invincible means to you, and all these kind of things. You said you had a bunch of stuff to talk about with Invincible, so I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, man, I I, I can we can get into Invincible right away Dude, if you want to. Whatever you uh, want. We either want to start at the beginning. I mean, for anyone listening, um, I'm familiar with you because you know we're. Western New York based. You're a, a host on radio stations out of Toronto. So we were able to, you know, I've, I've known your voice. I've known kind of, uh, you had met you at comic cons actually in the past at Toronto comic con and everything. So it's really was cool I to nice? have you on. I was nice, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good. Just make I it think sure. it was like two or three years ago. Oh, it was longer than that. Saw you. Was it Toronto? Well, you're, or you're not putting Expo? in the, you're not putting in the, the COVID tax in your time there. It's definitely more than two years ago, TJ. Yeah, true, yeah. true, 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 true. It yeah. was at least four, probably five at Toronto yeah. Comic Con. That might have been like the last like fan expo right before everything shut down, like 2019. Yeah, fall yeah I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really frustrating show, man, because I didn't have I'd had a book that was they oh, we're gonna get you a contract and just hang on, just hang on, just hang on. And then it imploded like a week before the show. Mm-hmm. And that was like frustrating because you're going to the show and then there's all these comic creators that are your friends and they're like, So what's going on with your oh, it didn't happen. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. That was a frustrating show. But things have caught on since then. So So was good. writing comics always something in in the background that you've been working on, or is that all for like for a long time before I even came to Toronto, but it wasn't ever anything serious. It was always like the 24 hour comic book day challenges and oh, all yeah. that stuff. And, um, when I moved to Toronto, um, there was the morning show I used to do this thing called sausage fest, Dean Blendell's sausage fest. Mm-hmm. And he brought Kevin Smith there. And what was interesting is like, I didn't know Kevin Smith was going to be there, but I was on this weird DC kick. Cause that was right when the, relaunch of green lantern happened and i was like super huge into the green lantern like i love the green lantern and then i had just read longbow hunters the green arrow story that kevin smith wrote and tj you read that right oh yeah i read that shit (laughs) so kevin smith was there like he was there hanging out and then the morning guy dean is like oh i'm friends with kevin and i'm like oh my god he's it's kevin smith (laughs) so we we're we're smoking marijuana and marijuana marijuana <laughs> and then i was like you know man i love all your writing and I, one day i'm gonna write comic books and i remember him saying like why are you writing comics right now and i went why aren't I <laughs> and it was one of those really like you're stoned and prolific moments and i was like why am i not doing that so i went and i started working on a story and then i met adam gorham uh just nice by, yeah and when i That's met awesome. adam we started working together and like like it's the whole like Robert Kirkman, Tony Moore thing. I mean, you just you he they met and then Tony Moore just happened to be Tony Moore. Yeah. And then yeah. 
so then like I was working with Adam Gorham and we we made our first story and the thing about like uh writing comics versus drawing comics is like and this always happens like an artist will usually catch before a writer will catch and so Adam is just like a god-given talent he's a monster he's such a and not only is he a great talent but he's just a great human being mm-hmm. and so then like I I really wanted to start like doing more and more stuff uh, and it was really working with Adam that was really like the impetus to make me a, a much better writer because then we started hanging out with Ed Brisson and, and Mike Walsh and Ed and Mike and Adam are still like two guys that three guys that I'm always like still talking to and hanging out with all the time. Um, and yeah, it was the right around that era was right when I finished reading all the Invincible trades that I had because I only got into Invincible because my tattoo artist in Edmonton. Uh, Tony Sklepek, who has done a whole bunch of Invincible sketch covers, like really? him and Ryan Otley are now like friends. Oh, and sick! He, he I'm got me into the book, and the thing was is that I didn't want to like it because every book that Tony recommended to me was great, and I just wanted him to fail once. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted one of his recommendations to be bad, like just one. Yeah. But it really was Tony that got me into it, and he, uh, he, he loved uh the ryan ollie art in particular mm-hmm. um and just the way he draws like these big monstrous characters because tony is also a big fan of drawing big monstrous guys and and that to me i hosted a panel with francis Manipal once and the the panel started with us talking about the flash because this was when the new 42 or whatever um the new for what, what was the name of something I knew that sounded wrong, (laughs) Uh, but it was we were talking about the Flash and the New 52, but it turned into us just gushing about Invincible and how Invincible was this comic that did something amazing and that it captured that feel of mid 90s Spider-Man and it did it in a way that no other comic book was doing. And it was talking about serious things, but it still had this incredibly fun over the top vibe of flying through planets going to mars intergalactic empires it it all still had this really grounded youthful vibe to it and it was so unique and i think that there's other books that are out there like that that are doing it but i really think invincible uh definitely deserves like it's it's spot in the it changed comics you know everyone says throws that are it changed comics but i firmly believe that it did 100 percent, i do yeah and you nailed it too that's exactly what robert kirkman was going for he was going for mm -hmm. that early spider-man vibe and you know having all that with the consequences though and having all those things make you know matter and yeah you know story and uh, i mean i mean kirkman grew up a diehard spider-man fan so that all makes sense and i think it's interesting that you you brought up your love for green lantern and how your tattoo artist was the one that to get you into Invincible. And you have a tattoo. I have a tattoo of Green Lantern, the Ivan Rice uh, Green Lantern, like the classic art with him flying. And we did it. We pulled. I, I'm not taking my pants off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got and it's on my thigh. So it's a big piece. Yeah. too. And well, and I will say. I will say that uh, I I dug into your you posted you've a picture it. of it. Yeah, okay, I, you've seen it. I haven't we'll, seen it. We'll, we'll 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 bring it up here. I just sent it to you guys so you could see a picture of it. But uh, and we'll we'll put it up. But it's, I mean, you talked about how much you love Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. You have <laughs> Omni Man fighting. Oh, yeah. You have Omni Man that- fighting Green Lantern. Yeah, 
And it's, I think that's a great fight. I think it's a super solid fight. And that's awesome. When I, I showed that to, I showed that to Ryan Otley at Comic-Con and oh, he's nice. like, well, who do you think is going to win? I'm like, I think it could go either way. <laughs> and he's like, there's no way, man. Omni-Man's going to win. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the willpower yeah. of Al Jordan here, bud. And uh-huh. so I think that could go either way. I'm a huge Green Lantern guy. And, but uh, I, I think it'd be definitely a fantastic throwdown, like the the will of Omniman versus the will of Hal Jordan. That's, I think that'd be a great matchup. All right, that's so all great. Right. So Getting, let's do this. I think I think as the Invincible podcast, you could probably imagine which which way we would turn. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> Here, I have I'm not logic. even gonna say you're wrong. Keep going though. I have logic. So could Adam Eve beat Omniman? Because you're comparing Adam Eve to Green Lantern. I'm saying Adam Eve, in my opinion, has maybe not be as mature and skilled as, as Green Lantern, but can do more because she I, can manipulate atoms. What I think it comes, possibly, but I think what it comes down to is like this intangible metaphysic element of the Green Lantern power structure, which is the will feed, the, the ring feeds on the willpower. So what it comes down to is the willpower of Hal Jordan could, and here's why you could say Omni-Man will win in the end. Here's why. I'm gonna get, I'm going to give you why you can beat me here. <laughs> is because Hal Jordan, as long as the battery holds its charge, could could beat Omni-Man. But unless he puts him down before the charge on the ring is gone, mm. he's done because yeah. he's going to have to charge the ring. And I think that like when I was younger, I used to hate that aspect of Green Lantern, but I, I do love that it puts a time constraint it's on it. Like, it's like mm-hmm. when you're playing... Web like, shooters. Yeah, Web you know, shooters, it's like, yeah. You're putting limitations on yeah. things, and I think that that's a cool aspect of it. But, but, sorry, go on. You have a big butt. <laughs> but you know what doesn't need a battery charge? Viltramite Fury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's always Absolutely. at full. It's always at 100. <laughs> percent Yes, it is. I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong for saying that. Like, I just love Green Lantern. I, and I love Omni Man, and I. Uh, and that's awesome, but, though. That you know, Grand, Green Lantern being one of your favorite heroes, or your, one, you know, if not your favorite superhero, and then that's. You know, Invincible goes very cosmic and gets yes. into that space stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. So having that kind of like, and and man, having a Invincible tattoo by not only an Invincible fan, but the one that got you into Invincible is also yeah, a really cool thing. That is very. Cool. If anyone's going to put Invincible on you, that's cool. Oh, he's one of my absolute best friends. Hold on, what, let me grab something. I'm going to show right. you guys something yeah, that yeah. he drew. Hold on, one second. It's sure. right here. Bill, if you were to get an Invincible tattoo right now, you have to get one. What is it? Get my headphones back on here. So, Come on. No I would I would say dinosaurs probably. You would get dinosaurs right now if you yeah. had to. No way. Oh, shit. Oh, nice. Oh, one wow. of Tony's sketch covers of Battle Beast that he Jeez, did. Jeez, the shading on that is insane. Wow. Hold it up yeah. closer. Yeah. Look at, the blood. Look at the blood. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. You'll have Holy to send crap. that over. That's send incredible. that over and I'll uh, I'll put it in the video. <laughs> yeah. You know what I love about that? And it's a really, it's an interesting detail. The blood where it like absorbed into the yeah. is a different consistency. That's, that's for a sketch cover. Come on. Yeah. Right. That, Come that's on. A t- really, Tony really did that. That's my tattoo artist. He did that. And when he posted, I'm like, oh my God, I love it so much. It's so great. And then he's like, he goes, happy birthday. I just sent it to you. I'm like, you're such a good guy. You're oh, such a good guy. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, great. I actually, um, when uh, I moved to Toronto and like I loved Invincible so much, my wife got me. Okay, hold on one second. I'll show you this too. So, and I've got a cool story about I this. Can, I can see Green Lantern. I saw him. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the inks. The the what? Ori- 
Yeah, that's the original inks. Oh my god. Right that's and such a prominent, popular, like famous anybody who knows Invincible <laughs> has seen that. Yeah. That that owning is amazing. This, incredible. Owning this is what's going to make you famous on this podcast. I have <laughs> I have the inks from the same issue, but like six pages later. <laughs> yeah. So this is like I I, I what love a, my wife. What man. She's great. Wow. That's so, a great piece. That's awesome. So yeah. I'm super jealous. I'm like when did upset. You, when did you get that? It had to have been like fucking ten years ago. Thirteen years ago. Yeah. 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 There's right after the issue came out. And oh. my wife because my w- wife was reading Invincible at the same time. She's a huge She-Hulk fan, so she read that one. Um, and when she was asking, like, Tony, like, what, what should I get him for his birthday? He said, I know exactly what you should get him for his birthday. And he sent her the link to get the inks. Now, I, it's been a while, so I'm probably messing up the details about how all this went down. But she got the inks, and the there was another, like, pencils or something yep. got ruined in a flood and oh. so that is the only no. hard copy in existence wow. no way the pencils for that are ruined yeah from my understanding yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of the remember if she was here she would be like no this is exactly what <laughs> wait 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 one minute let me go get her let me go get her <laughs> <laughs> she's putting the kids to bed we don't want to mess with her right now but she she got that for me and then so i went to uh san diego con because i was this is when i was working on tv and i was doing stuff with teletoon and i went to the comic con there and of course you've got all your 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 work stuff that you do like interviews and press conferences and all that stuff i got to interview michael jai white which was so rad nice Um, and this was like right when black dynamite was out it was the coolest thing ever and so i knew that uh Cliff Rathburn and Ryan Otley were at the image table. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know if I knew Robert Kirkman was going to be there. Cause this was right after this first season of the walking dead was out. Mm-hmm. And so I had those pages like still with like the scotch tape on the back folded in a press board, like with me the whole time. Like I wouldn't, I didn't leave them at the hotel. I, just, I had yeah. them with me the whole time. And so I went to the table where they were doing their signing and I was like, Hey guys, I've got some inks I can get signed. And then they kind of were like, Oh yeah, sure. And then when I put it on the table, they both went, Oh my God. (laughs) They're like, absolutely. We'll totally sign this page. And then they, they started like telling me the story about how there was something, I don't remember if it was a flood or something, but that's the only hard copy in existence. Oh my God. Of the originals. And so, Cliff actually took them. He's like, you know what? I corrected some stuff digitally that there's wrong on the page. Can I keep this for the night to make some corrections? And I'm like, please give them back because my wife will murder me if I come home (laughs) without this. And he goes, absolutely, I'll fix them. So I came back and he had touched up some of the inks and they had both signed it. And then they're like, Robert saw it and he wants it. And if he sees you with it, he's going to try and buy it from yeah. you on the spot. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is traumatic and tense. tense. I don't <laughs> know how I'm supposed to handle this situation. And so they're like, he wanted to like, like take it from us and give you money. But he said he won't sign it unless he sees you. So he has an opportunity to buy it back from you. Smart. Like, Smart. Oh, okay, cool. So. Oh, my God. I was waiting for the Walking Dead panel. And the thing was is that this was when Robert Kirkman was on the program of San Diego Comic-Con. So he was like, 
He had security with him. It yep. was nuts. Mm-hmm. And we were waiting to go into a panel for it, this was the second season of Clone Wars, and we had to sit down with Dave Filoni, uh-huh. which would never happen now. No way. At the time, <laughs> like, and so we had just walked out. Dave Filoni's got his like cowboy, cowboy hat, hat with fur trim and stuff on mm-hmm. it. We're like, oh, I was so rad. Who's walking down the hall? It's Robert Kirkman. And so I'm like, this is my shot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot it. So I'm like, Mr. Kirkman, Mr. Kirkman. And he like, he stops and he turns around like, I can tell that he's like, doesn't care. And he's like looking back and I open up the pages just like that. <laughs> and he just like, and it was just like, the lady in there. He like stops and he puts up, and his security people like trying to get him to go. And he's like, hold on, wait, wait a minute. And I'm like, yeah, I got you now. I got you. I want you. And he just comes up and he's like, he just like goes, so you're the guy. You're the guy that has it. And and then I was like, my wife got it. And he he goes, your wife must have messaged at the perfect time because I yeah. tried to get these back. Oh, my God. And right after I had messaged him, he goes, I just sold them. The sale just went through. They're gone. Sword, crazy man. and he goes That's i've nuts. been looking for oh my god been looking for this for years and i'm like cool and he goes he's like do you want to sell it and i'm like it was a gift from my, my wife, wife. <laughs> <laughs> and he just stops he goes do you love your wife and i'm like yes and he goes then i'm not going to tell you how much money i was going to offer for it and then he signed he goes have a great day and he just walked away from me oh my wow. god yeah That's and it was a- like Ugh. There was salt. Like I could sense that there was saltiness <laughs> in it. That he was but there was this like moment of like, I'm not gonna do th- I'm not gonna ruin this random dude's marriage. I'm just gonna <laughs> let him have his art and let him go away on his time and enjoy it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the wildest thing, man. That weekend was insane. It was That's not- amazing. That was at San Diego? Yeah, it was yeah. in San Diego. So cool. Like that is so that the framing that I have on this, like I've got like UV protective glass on it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like I the frame was like a lot of money to get custom framed. I was like, I gotta protect that. That's a mortgage mm-hmm. frame right there. And then when the show was coming out, um my wife was like, We should just see how much we can get for them. like don't even think about it. <laughs> I've done anything with that. That's twenty art- twenty times as much. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sure it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's only going to go up too. I mean, yeah. the season two is coming out. Oh my like god! Just oh, wait till like, probably season three ish. Oh, it's going to, to be more, so much more. With Otley and like what he's done and what he'll continue to do, like his art. Yeah, man, dude, that's crazy. So I met Otley again in the summer at uh, Fan Expo because uh-huh. again, my bu- you guys got to get Tony on here is what you got to do because like all my stories are like secondary to him. Like he was he does like he was tattooing mark brooks mm-hmm. so he was doing like a full day sit with mark brooks and mark oh, is shit. like why don't you come out for dinner with us and tony's like well i'm i'm here in toronto and like i want to hang out with my buddy fred he goes i know fred just bring him along and he's like oh. okay so then we 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 go out for dinner and arthur adams and ryan otley <laughs> are there oh. and it's like and I'm just sitting there going, I have a book with image. I have my one book. <laughs> sitting at the table with like these gods of the comic book world, you know? And then yeah. we, we just all got talking about it. And then I brought up the story about the person. I remember that. And he like really remembers that one moment, which for me is like, finally, I've made it in life. I've got that one story. Yeah, yeah. 
Jeez, I would freak out. That's I so would, cool. Dude, when I opened up the the box, like, because I was like, what is this, inks? I didn't know what she would get me. Yeah. And when I opened it up, I was like, oh, my God, you scored. Yeah. I didn't even want her to tell me how much she paid for it at the time. I would wager she paid a significant amount then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to know how much it would cost her if she did that now. Oh, yeah. 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 Old age. Oh my god. Cliff, Cliff Rathburn is somebody that we still haven't met, TJ or Bill at a con. Like it just never works yeah. out. He's just not at one. I can't wait to I see him. I have a couple things from him, but oh, yeah. we got other people to get it for us that were there. Mm-hmm. But I mean we're going to San Diego this year. Maybe uh yeah. maybe he'll be there. Oh, yeah. I will also be there. You're well, going? Hey, oh absolutely. sweet. Oh, that's it is awesome. Like my big shot. I gotta I gotta hit it hard. Yeah. But yeah, dude, hit it same. really hard. Because I gotta same. we're getting to like the last the last the last two issues would be out right around then so mm-hmm. i got for i got to make sure that i'm there and doing all the tables and signings and trying to grease and make deals happen so that's really what it's like it's all momentum man yeah, yeah i yeah. wanted that book to be at skybound was De- where Dead I wanted, yeah mm-hmm. for sure and uh one of the editors was like he goes i love it because i remember i went to a, it was a skybound panel at new york con a few years ago and Robert Kirkman was there, and um, they were doing panels about how, with Skybound, the big focus was all the books have to have great art. They've all got to be beautiful. They've all got to be pretty. And, and I, w- I didn't have anything that I thought I could pitch to, uh, to Skybound because of the caliber of art that they're always putting out on their books. And I wanted to do a book with Adam, but he was too busy. Um, and then Dead Romans was like that book that was just sort of like bubbling under that. I didn't expect it to ever really land because it was I loved it too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I don't know what art you've seen of Nick, but it's pretty. It's so, very pretty. Mm-hmm. And when I sent it, they were like, this book has the look we're going for. Yeah, but we don't do historical fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, like we like it doesn't matter what it looks like. It, yeah, he goes. Robert could write a book about historical fiction, and we're probably going to convince <laughs> him not to do it because it's just not the Skybound brand. It's not what we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was that panel with him is where I had the idea. Like this is where I've got to send this book. That's where I want it to be. Yeah, but unfortunately, that just didn't happen. Yeah, I will say like after reading Dead Romans, like I'm like huge in art i love yeah. original art Lo- I, I it's always the thing that i go to first i i have not heard of uh nick marinkovich is that right marinkovich yeah marinkovich yeah. it is it's so awesome and it's so unique and I'll, I'll say this people like diehard comic fans will understand what i'm what i mean when i say that it's not unique for the sake of being unique yeah it's not unique where you can't like oh it's it's really cool and it's different but you can't really understand what's happening mm-hmm. it's not like that it is truly unique it's great it's i really Super re- moody. It, it really is a, a a very beautiful book it really mm-hmm. is it, he kills it he yeah i was terrified to talk to him actually yeah yeah Han. um he because i had the idea for the story and but I was I was like keeping it really close to my chest. I wasn't even really talking about it with anybody because not that I not that I own <laughs> Tudorberg Forest. For anybody who doesn't know what it's about, Tudorberg Forest, big defeat of the Roman Empire, really dark and terrifying because it's and it's in a swamp. It's just the most horrific setting ever, ever. And we put a love story in it. That's the book. Yeah. And so I needed to have the right artist, otherwise the vibe and the feel 
because it's a really emotional driven book like the mm-hmm. emotions and like the longing and the fear and the terror of the situation and you've got to have an artist that can really imply that you know um just like how when you look at ryan otley's work in spider-man is perfect because all of his art implies motion yeah and explosions mm-hmm. like i personally prefer his work on uh the hulk because i think he draws monsters yeah. the best like mm-hmm. when i yeah, say 100%. that that's not in the sense that like when he's drawing spider-man swing i can feel that kinetic energy on the page it's definitely mm-hmm. there but i feel his kinetics are explosive and it's one of the few examples where when you've got the onomatopoeia on the page and there's like exclamation points and stuff on it, it works. Mm-hmm. Because normally that sound is just supposed to be a sound. But with the way he draws it, you've got like these boom and foom and all this and like exclamation points. It fits because you feel that like vibration, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so Nick is so sedate, not sedate, I don't want to say sedate. He's just, he's really good at implying the feel mm-hmm. you know of what's going on um and i knew that because the show that i met him at um he had this book called the voyager which is like about like pirates and the 1700s and the irish potato famine and this kid getting caught up in the golden age of piracy and all that stuff um and so he had this book there and I had only really talked to this book the, to dead Romans about Adam and Kalman Andrusovsky. And Kalman was like, Nick is your guy. And I didn't really know who Nick was. And he said that Nick did a bunch of IDW work back in the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. He was the original artist on the underworld comic. Like he did the underworld stuff for years, mm-hmm. but then he got out of comics and he started doing more commercial art. Uh, except for he did a book called Kank, which is about this, the most prolific bicycle thief ever. Uh, <laughs> and he was this guy who would like steal people's bikes and he would like give drugs to the street people to go get bikes and steal them and bring them. And then he would give them drugs, uh, sort of almost like an Oliver Twist Fagin character, but with bicycles. Okay. And so <laughs> he did this comic book about the story of Kank and the bicycle thief. Uh-huh. And it was a really big, like, art house comic that did very well. Uh, and then he did The Voyager. And that was the I knew about Kank, but I'd never read it. Uh, because I was, I wanted to do genre comics and I'm not going to read that stuff. That's for, mm-hmm. that's for highfalutin people, not me. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the Voyager, I was like, this is it. This is what I need. Mm-hmm. So I talked to him and he remembers this story very differently than I do. But I went to his table and it was very much like, I got to be gone. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sense that I got. And I was like, I will still buy your book. So I bought his book and then. He, I didn't know this, but he was reading, not reading, but listening to the the History of Rome podcast when I messaged him saying, um, hey, I've got a story about the Battle of Teutoburg Forest, the Varian disaster. And if you want to work on it with me, that'd be pretty dope if you want to just get together and talk about it. And he had this, this is the universe mm-hmm. speaking to me. I have to, I have to go yeah. and investigate this. And, and then here we are a few years later, like with the book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So great. Huh. Very cool. I, think I know cool I'm kind of sidelined. Uh, I, did, I didn't. No, I, it's I, okay. I, no, no, it's why, why we're here. I, I wanted 
Dead Romans to be in the Invincible universe. <laughs> everyone's clear with that. I want to know. I mean, yeah. Angstrom Levy could take a yeah. take a yeah. turn in there. Yeah. Oh, I guess he could. How many Remember issues is Dead Romans? Uh, is that right? how many are done, or how many is it going to be? How many is it uh, going to be? It's going to be six issues, but we're okay. trying to push for a second arc, and I think we got a good chance because the first issue just sold out. So yeah, congrats on that. I saw that. That's yeah, awesome. awesome. Second awesome. printing. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I got that's be so cool. So when it when it when it happened, it was it was pretty rad. And so our editor Allison, we, our editor is Allison O'Toole, who does a lot of work with Chip Zdarsky. Cool. Uh, she, anybody that's wanting to like looking to get an editor, I you got to get an editor. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, especially one that knows what they're doing. Allison O'Toole is the person you want to work with. She has really been fantastic as a resource for both Nick and I. Um, but she was, of course, like I'm like Allison, what? What does that mean? That you sold out? Does that mean there's no books anywhere? She's like, no, retailers. Like, so the mm-hmm. retailers need a second printing to get that out. Yeah. So it's been a pretty gonzo week. At this so you're like scrambling to get a second printing cover and figure out what this is going to look yeah. like. Yeah. And... So there's two. There's two covers for it. There's two special nice. edition covers, which uh, Jim Valentino uh, at Shadowline was saying. I don't think we've ever done this before, but we're going to do two covers for the second. <laughs> All right. And I'm like. Well, don't do a three for the third because we don't have time. We got to get pages out, bud. (laughs) So don't worry about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But let's talk Invincible, man. You guys talk Invincible. Bring me into the loop. Oh, my gosh. Well, what do you think? All right. So being in Toronto, one of the things I think of is the fact that, like, I mean, you got the boys filming there. There's a lot of Amazon Prime stuff happening there. I know Simon Simon Ratiopa, actually, uh, the uh, writer. And was he... Was he a producer on the animated series? I know he I wrote know. a couple episodes, but anyways, he 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 talked about uh, sitting in a coffee shop or it was a comic shop or something in Toronto writing the animated series. Um, so yeah, like what was the animated series like? What did what did you think of it? Oh, I loved it, man. Yeah, I, I think that they made they there was like they made some changes, and I saw like you know the usual group of people that always gripe about any time they oh make any God. changes to like. Just bring something into like the modern era. Cause let's be honest, dude, it's like 20 years old. Like yeah. it came out like 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a lot of like panels and parts and things like that that were spoken of and said during the comic that just wouldn't really fly these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to make changes and modernize it because at its core, it is a really timeless story. Yeah. Uh, the ones, sorry, you go on. Well, I was just going to say, and I mean, Kirkman's getting the opportunity to rewrite this from the beginning, knowing the ending. And of yeah. course, you're going to go through and, and, and alter things and, and, you know, set up things, you know, a little bit differently, knowing where they're going to go. And there's a nod to all the like the fans, like how all the trade mm-hmm. paperbacks have like the names of sitcoms and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. then incorporating all those like TGIF moments into the show that so many people just aren't actually going to notice, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. uh, and the one scene that like this was actually the scene that I think really got me into the book. And as soon as I got here, I knew that I loved it was when he's working at Burger World and he throws the garbage bag into oh, the yeah. trash can yeah. and the trash bag flies up. And then later on, a few issues later, the trash bag comes down. And then when they did that in the animated series, like, yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they mm-hmm. did it. They did it better. Like they yeah. added emotion to it and they yes. added characters to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh. And yeah, because so it was just a throwaway joke, like in yeah. the comic, and then they made it like this really big thing with whatever his and, and his son, <laughs> Steve yeah. and his son, who we still think are gonna. Do you think they're gonna be something? No, I we think have, we've seen I, the last we have of ideas. 
I don't think so. But but, but it's John Hamm. Yeah. So I don't. I, I'm I'm trying not to read into anything because yeah. I found <laughs> I've ruined a lot of things for myself, and I just focus on what is there and what I what I enjoy about mm-hmm. what's on the show already. Uh, I I felt like I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt they moved too fast, and I I wonder because from a writer's perspective, it was thick. Like every, there was no decompression. Like everything was flowing good. There was lots of beats. It was very episodic. Oh, like yeah. You kept coming back to the trough, which is what you want. And I worry that had it been as decompressed as I had wanted it to be, that maybe some of those aspects wouldn't be there. Uh, I, the way they kind of rushed the stuff, I felt like they rushed the stuff with Robot in particular, because mm. in the comics that's like thirty issues. Yeah, down that's the way line later. Mm-hmm. That stuff, but maybe they're speeding some stuff up. And and I really, and and. I, I I really loved the story arc with Rex and Monster Girl in the comics in particular. And I thought that when, when I was mentioning how they dealt with some really deep aspects of the story, I thought that that in particular was one of those moments that was really, really punchy. Mm-hmm. Because you're, it's very rare that you stop and take a look at the human element of what these people are doing and the psychological toll and then the thing with Rex and Monster Girl, and I, if I remember correctly, like in the book, they they don't show what happened in between right away. No, you just see the end result of them. They come back apart. and they are older. We don't yes. know what happened. We don't know how yeah. long they've been there. And that's yeah. one of those they're not together moments. Like, oh, mm-hmm. so good. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking that the second season, and, and and it's it's very similar to like you look at the first season of a show like you're writing the first issue of a comic like in the shakespearean method of you wow them with a big explosion if you pay attention to shakespeare all of his plays in act one scene one it's something big and exciting like romeo and juliet is the classic example like the Mm -hmm. first scene is tybalt rolls in and he he throws down and mercutio comes in and puts him in his place and it's like the tomcat and mercutio and it's like all this stuff's happening and then once they've got your attention they build this really cool story around it. And I think that the, the first season of Invincible is being treated like the first act where they've wowed us with those explosions. Like, come on, the opening scene and the White House and everything. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. It's so over the top. And I think in the second season, they're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be very character focused. And I and that's what I'm really keen to see is that strong character work. Because I really love the characters yeah. in the Invincible mm-hmm. comic, and they're so relatable, and and I think that there's there there really is somebody in there for everybody, and I think they've made a very big concerted effort to include and bring more people to the table, and that's just better for comic <clears throat> books and the community in general. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't get the pushback on any of that stuff, you know? Oh no, no. I think the characters and the and and like you were saying, making them relatable and everything. That's what the. Sh- the show and I mean what the comic really excels at is is the characters. I mean, yeah, obviously the art, the blood, the gore and everything, but especially being on Amazon Prime, you've got the boys and everything. It's mm-hmm. it can't just it can't just survive off of the uh the shock factor. You know what I mean? Like Invincible is especially being an animated series, an hour long animated series, having those character moments and, you know, having I, great characters like that are really what's gonna do it. I think too that uh, like I mean I I understand what you're saying about like uh, the Rex storyline felt a little rushed, but especially in the first season, it's so difficult nowadays to hold people's attention. Mm-hmm. Well, the Omni Man stuff. Yeah, I felt like they needed to like keep that kind of stuff going. Mm-hmm. But as someone who 
obviously we all read the comics like and like you said the the rex it it was such a it was over the course of however many issues it did yeah. feel it did feel rushed but i understand it and totally. I, I yeah i, I want to make it clear i'm not dumping on any of it like i believe no, no, me, no, no. i'm firmly vested in it you know oh yeah yeah i nice. like I, I, I loved the pacing of the first season. Like, I think they did a good job because, like, you, you have to fix what's wrong with the comic and the vault and the and the first trade is that it's slow and there's so much stuff that doesn't matter. And if you cut all that out and you just take still what's in the first couple issues, like, you have enough for two two episodes, you know? Mm. So, like, them moving the Flaxons Yeah, up doing all the Flaxons into one episode was like was was awesome. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, the stuff in the comic that kind of is out of whack, I. I didn't really miss it in the show. Like I, I thought the show was its own thing and it was all cohesive. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, the, the, I am keen to see, cause they're going to bring back the Mars stuff. That's coming. That was, 100%. Yes. yeah. And that was a really, cause I thought that they had skipped over it and they weren't even going to touch it. Then at the end, it's like, they kind of teased that it. Yeah. They, th- they talked about how, like, I don't remember. I think it was Kirkman said in an interview at one point that, Oh yeah, we didn't know if we were going to get a season two. So we wanted to throw everything in there at the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then after that's out, they know they got season two and three, they're working on them back to back. This is probably going to go the full distance. So like now that they know that, do they, they could probably hold off on some of that for season three if they really wanted to. And yeah, they teased it early, but do you, I don't know, man, that showing all those, we got Titan, we got the Flaxons, we got Mars and the Sequids, we got, um battle beasts like i don't know if we're gonna see all of those in season two you'd think they'd maybe hold back on some because then you're just getting a repeat of season one i i don't want them to i think that if if they've got the two and they got the three coming like just pepper in details that they can come back to later on which is something they did a really good job of in the comic yeah i think Mm -hmm. now is that was one of those things like battle beast would go 20 25 issues and then he'd show up again you know yeah yeah and i the putting things in in little tidbits and then having one or two monster of the week episodes in a season later on to address those little tidbits, I think is a a perfect bit of pacing. What's the one, the dude with the strap, he's got the strap. What's his name? It's not just the strap. Tether tyrant. Tether tyrant. tyrant. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I love like when you're talking about getting like really deep with characters, tether tyrant, I think is a, a, a character that is super rad in the they when they talk about his emotional connection yeah he's got and then is it an emotional connection or is it a di- why are you rubbing your head like because that? i love tether tyrant <laughs> so much he he's is such a, he's so he's, underrated he's so he is. the fact he has like this emotional like you're saying bond with this living thing yeah. right is it, a, is it is it parasitic i mean obviously we find out that it's it's pretty it fucked up. is it becomes like the fact, there, they he Tether Tyrant, <laughs> who is a B character, a B villain, who is so stupid. Right, the first time you see him, you're like, whatever. He has a full arc. He has a full arc that is so awesome. Yeah. When he, the, the issue where he blacks out mm-hmm. and he's in the head with the Tether Tyrant. He's like, okay, I didn't want this, whatever this is, and and it's like a week later, and he absolutely like rampages the city. Come on, dude. I know, man, and you can get really trippy, and there's a lot of things that don't fly on a comic book page that you can make fly. And we're taught when I just said like a monster of the week episode. I think that's a fantastic way of doing it. Like you can bounce Dude, back even and the, forth the stuff with Powerplex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? the stuff with Powerplex. So we're going to go an entire issue and not even show Invincible, and it's all this villain's perspective of what this small, you know, quote unquote thing that Invincible did or whatever, and he blames him for, and going on that obsessive, uh, uh, you know, path. But uh, 
one of my favorite fan castings has always been Magmaniac and Tether Tyrant being Simon Pegg yep. and Nick Frost. Like, <laughs> it's perfect, man. It's if, they, happen. if they ever go with a live action thing or, you know, even get it, giving them some proper voices. I know they didn't do much in uh, season one, but who would who would be who would be who? Oh, oh Tether Tyrant is Nick Frost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I, I was because I thought about it for a split second. I'm like, oh, obviously, yeah. Nick Frost would have to be Tether Tyrant. Yeah. And I can I, see that. Yeah, man. I want to see them do more space stuff. And, and I, it really is like I'm a space guy at heart. Like mm-hmm. I say Green Lantern and I love Green Lantern. I do. But he's not my favorite superhero. No. Silver Surfer is my favorite, <laughs> which is like okay. just a naked metal guy in space. Also super cosmic. For space stuff. Yeah. And Silver Surfer is the one story that I would like kill to write. And so whenever Invincible got really out there with like the Viltrumite Empire and all that stuff, those were all the things that I really, really liked. And and there were aspects of what's his face, the leader of the Intergalactic Council with the beard Danis. turns out that he's a Viltrumite. But yeah, yeah. I'm terrible with the names. Guys. No, no, no. So, we're just you're awful. we're just psycho. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, we're awful. just yeah. But it's like those were things that I want to see more of in the show. But that I feel it's like got to be like the third season towards the end before you've built up all this stuff so that you yeah. have the weight. Of... I think we see Alan go there next season. Yeah. I think we're going to cool. get the. I yeah. think we're going to get the thing where he goes off on his own and we see that whole side of it just to start building that up. So I, I think uh, you're going to get yep. a good chunk, but it's going to be, it's going very, to be small, very it's going to be separate. It's going to be separate from yeah. everything else, but I think you're going to get a taste of that. Have you yep. guys reached out to John Lamb? He's a comic book artist from mm-hmm. Toronto, and he's been really beating the drum about AI art as of late. And if you search for John Lamb, J-O-N-L-A-M, but he's also one of the lead storyboarders on the show. Oh, and really? Yeah, so Honestly, I'm telling see. you, I, and he's an amazing artist, too. Like, you guys got to get him on the show to get his perspective from, like, an art perspective. Yeah. When we I think a, of his style of tether tyrant. We yeah. had one of the storyboard artists from season one on the show, and they were fascinating to talk to. Oh, yeah, there's a crazy amount you John Lamb? L-A-M? John Lamb. Oh, yeah, Lamb. we follow each other on Twitter. Cool. I'll reach out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, he's Bill, he's, he follows you, too. We talked about yeah, this like, a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. that, oh like, just recently. What's I that? I wanted to work on a book with him so badly, but he's so busy. It just was not in the cards, but... He's a guy that I would kill to work on a book with. Yeah, man. odds are, odds are he won't be able to talk with us until it's out. I think that's how that goes. But I'll yeah. still reach out and find out. Absolutely, you definitely have to read it because all these stuff that you're like posing questions, like, dude, these are things I want to know. Yeah, right. Like you're asking, <laughs> yeah. like I got no answers for you. I'm just also I agree. Yeah. I would also like to know what you're asking. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, it's always great though to talk to other fans though. Like that's the thing. Like we just we just love geeking out about it and finding out like you know f- favorite parts of the comic and like what stuck out and why you care about this thing and you know you've got some great stories and so it's and he, so if they're doing an anthology like let's just say they did an anthology of Invincible and you can like write a short like what are you gonna do what's your short that you're gonna do for Invincible. I've got I've I'm got not, one loaded. If you guys want a minute, show and ask questions. But <laughs> no, I know this you is guys great. Are have great answers for this. I the, so the there's only one that I've actually put a lot of thought into, only because it's one of those things that like Kirkman has done such a good job at like buttoning up a lot of loose ends. There's a couple that I just want to know a little bit more about, and so I have a little bit of headcanon in regards to these, and I've talked about this I think in the past, but. Uh, uh, Darkwing. Mm. He he was pulled into the Shadow 
verse or shadow dimension, I think he calls it, back during uh, issue 60 when Angstrom sent all the other Invincibles to attack. You know, Rex Blode dies um, uh, and uh, Darkwing actually lost a hand and then gets, I think, no, not, no, uh, Bulletproof uh, lost a hand. Darkwing pulls one of the Invincibles into the Shadowverse and sacrifices himself to, to kill, kill one of the alternate Invincibles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gone. He is gone from the book until issue 144, the final issue of Invincible, this character returns because there's this other um, superhero that can use the Dark Dimension. They pull their powers from the Dark Dimension and Darkwing comes back after, you know, whatever many issues and math. And uh, and it's like, okay, what's going on there? How does that happen? And so my headcanning, my anthology story would take place after 144 or around that period. After 144. Hear me out. Not after 144, because 144 jumps around a lot. So in that snippet, after Darkwing comes back, I would connect Robot, who is now a brain in a jar, helping mm-hmm. Immortal lead and rule, or not rule, but helping Immortal lead, um, interviewing Darkwing on how he survived in there, what happened in Midnight City, Midnight City being the, the city that Darkwing comes from that's covered in darkness, and how he had the ability uh, to survive in that realm. Uh, and so you get to pepper in dar- uh, Robot turning evil and manipulating Immortal to become King Immortal in the future, which we see in issue 60-something, um, but through the lens of discovering what happened to Darkwing and how he survived. It's super out there. Uh, that's, that's not out there. That's great. <laughs> that's a hell of a fucking plot line. That's like or outline. Yeah. Ryan. How are you gonna do that in eight pages, man? Oh, I got. Oh, I got. No, no. Eight anthology issues, of issues. issues. So I get oh, one okay. issue. I get one issue. I get twenty-four <laughs> pages. I can do okay. it. Okay. I can right. do it. So <laughs> my answer to that is like my favorite character is by far Rexplode. So I've I've thought about this in the past too, where like bringing up a like doing a story of where uh, in another another dimension Rexplode is the um, the leader of the Guardians, and it's in a world where uh, Omni Man and Invincible are uh, are evil, and they they're taking over the world. And the Guardians are like underground, and they're trying to uh, fo- focus all their efforts on stopping the Guardians. And then, um, but Rexplode is like the leader of the Guardians. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, one day, randomly, Invincible, their evil Invincible, disappears from Earth. And the Guardians see this as like a good thing. Like we can focus all our efforts on Omni-Man. Invincible's gone. We don't have to worry about him. But Rexplode has a vendetta against the evil Invincible and needs to go after him and find out where he was because that uh, Invincible killed his girlfriend Duplicate and his best friend Adam Eve. So he needs to go after him. And Robot recognizes this. So Robot or Rudy figures out a way to get him to another dimension. And he goes to the other dimension, which is our dimension. But there was a miscalculation. And he goes years into the future. You're trying to his, save Rexplode. Uh, Hear me out. <laughs> Rexplode. So Rexplode comes to our Earth, but due to a miscalculation, his evil Invincible was defeated decades ago in the Invincible War, and um, he comes to our Earth decades into the future, and our invin- like our Mark Grayson is already long gone and left Earth, and he works with Robot to bring civilians and the the Guardians from his dimension to our dimension to save them. Rexplode lives. That's- Rexplode survives. So you started with Rexplode survives and figured out how to get there. <laughs> yeah. So how? did you just do that now, or, or TJ, in your head right now? 
Oh no, I've thought about this. So one, we had we had Robert Kirk. Well, one of the times we've had Robert Kirkman on, we've been lucky enough to have him on a, a handful of times. But there's a uh, another not you know plot hole or anything like that. But an, an issue ends with Thrag attacking Space Racer. This is towards the end of the series and one of those issues. And it's the the final splash page. Thrag attacking Space Racer. What happened? We don't know. Because in the that next was, issue, Space Racer is just there. Like, so it was it was never really explained. So we we asked Robert Kirkman like, so what what happened? And Robert's like, well, What's you see, you know, um, Thrag ripped Space Racer in half and threw half of his body over there and half of his body on that planet. And Space Racer has the ability to regenerate. So there's actually two Space Racers. And he went on this whole diatribe, and he just did it off the top of his head, just fucking with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it made sense the whole time. So yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. See, you, yeah, it's the whole uh, you know. <laughs> Bill, you haven't given yours yet. I, I want to hear yours. It's so simple of what I would want to see. I would just want to see Marky, like, before, yeah. as, like, an ultimate invincible, you know, like, ulti- ultimate universe, like, ultimate Spider-Man, where, like, he's got kind of, like, the same-ish villains, but they're different. And just to see, like, I don't know. I, I have no I, – I haven't given, given any fucking thought <laughs> to this compared to you two. But that's – I mean, that's what I would want to see. Obviously, more stuff with – Tara, um, man. Tara is Tara, the best. Ugh. T- just Tara growing up. Like yeah. that. And that's I feel like I got that with Tara, which is why I would want that with Marky, because you you which like is kind of the point. You like Tara more. And that makes me feel mm-hmm. bad about Marky because Bar- Marky was Which is born- kind of the point, because he feels like he was abandoned. And you know, we you talk, see that snippet of him showing but up. That, but that's why I think I agree with Bill's first thought of Marky is because I mean, we all love Tara and to see her grow up, but I mean, we see snippets of her growing up and mm-hmm. it's like her arguing with her dad and like very like normal type stuff, not saying it's bad, but normal type stuff. But to see Invincible or Marky grow up without his dad and knowing every all the accomplishments that his dad had done, trying to live up to that and just being de- depressed because of it or like there's so much more story building mm-hmm. characterization mm-hmm. there that I, I, I agree, Bill, like I would love to see. More yeah, like, of the Marky piece. Does Marky approve of how he was conceived? Like that's his mother. Right. His mother is who he lives There's with. So she's much the one who there. Obviously, did the deed right. So, like, does he know that, or did she keep that from him? Does he need to know? He that? says that. that he says he tells Mark well, when yeah, he's fighting was, him. He's I like, was, I was, yeah, I was, I was yeah. born out of hate. Yeah. I'm loving this. <laughs> I'm loving See, it. We're to you opened up a can. So different we're supposed to be we're Wait, supposed to be interviewing what's... you and you just like open you definitely got so us talking. I, I wanna <laughs> learn, but like mine is mine involves like Burger World. And it involves the staff that worked with Mark at Burger World before he became invincible. And it's a story about them after he becomes invincible when he's not there anymore. Uh-huh. And then oh, it's nice. with like a B list supervillain. And I could, because we share the Tether Tyrant bond, we'll make it Tether Tyrant. Oh, uh, Tether yeah. Tyrant comes in to knock off the Burger World, and then it's the people working at the Burger World take Tether Tyrant out. And it's only like eight pages, because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to sneak in, you know? I get it. I know I I'm a nobody. I know nobody cares about me, so I'm going to sneak in. <laughs> very smart. Very That's smart. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so... I, I love little people stories. That's yeah. why I like yeah. I, I love Andor because it's all about the Dude, little people. Please, you know I mean? please. I've been telling these guys to watch Andor. It 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 ruined Star Wars for me in a way because after I, I was super late to Andor. So just a quick tangent. I was super late to watch Andor and everybody was saying it was amazing. I just didn't have the time, you know, hadn't had the time to watch it. Finally watched it. 
like a month or so ago. Blew me away. Absolutely loved it. Probably the best Star Wars thing I've seen. Uh, and then I go right into Mando season three and it's just like, oh, this feels weird. The line, I burn myself for a sunrise I know I'll never see. I was like, oh, dude, it's God. you got so it. Is this is this Andor? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. The second I, I, you mentioned Andor, I knew it was I knew I saw it on Ryan's face of the second that this turned into a Star Wars podcast. No, it's just like little people stories, like the little people, the little Mm -hmm. gears in the machine and how if one of them acts the wrong way, the whole thing falls apart. I love that. And that's why like when you've got a story like Invincible, we're talking about these big superpowered beyond scope characters destroying planets. And then you've got a story like Tether Tyrant, who is just like a normal human normal human being Mm -hmm. i i really love those stories because i think all of us love this it's like the you know the tyler durden line we're all told we're going to be rock stars and movie gods but we're not and it's like so then you read a story and it's like about these little people that are functioning carving a niche for themselves amongst these insanely powerful characters and i know you could argue batman is one of the best like batman's kind of a billionaire so he's got that money is his superpower Mm -hmm. but so like tether tyrant type characters like little people characters are the ones that i really love the most you know yeah bill was asking a question i cut you off um i i was gonna change it because I don't know how much time we have left. And I you only said got that, like five minutes. I got the look and, and, and you, <laughs> and you said and, and you said that you are terrible at names. Uh, how do you pronounce the teleporting guy? Which in, teleporting in, guy? Dimension, in, interdimensional guy. The, the big villain, villain invincible. Is like okay. His first, first name is Angstrom. first name Angstrom. Angstrom Levy. Yeah. It's yeah. Angstrom Levy, That's and I correct. say that it because I, I went to I went to broadcasting school with a guy named Tony Levy, and he spelled the name the same way. See, we're, we're wrong. Those, it's not that's Levy. Like a reach, that's a, like I was going to say, but you were like teleporting. I was like, is there somebody I don't know? <laughs> but like <laughs> Tony Levy, but you could like find a bunch of different pronunciations for that exact same yeah. name. Like I got a friend named Brian Dugan, but it's spelt Brian Duggan. You know, so it's all that pronunciation. So some people would say that is Levy, and then some people would say it is. Levy, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Like, I, I think we're, we're we're training ourselves, and I've gotten better the, at it. But the I feel problem, like I'm there. I feel like I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, it took a while. The problem with that is that you could, you know, pronounce it however. Is that Kirkman himself corrected us? Oh yeah, and and told what did us he say? Levy. It's, it's Levy. Levy. That is it is Levy. Thank you, Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's because he had a um like a, a teacher, like a science teacher or something. Yeah, science teacher. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that every single person that we've ever talked to, <laughs> interviewed, <laughs> or friends, every single person is is Levy. There's like I don't know if you you follow kind of funny. Greg Miller is has been the is like a oh, yeah. huge social media like you know, and he and he's a huge proponent and has done a ton of things for Invincible. Even he argued with us and was like, "No, it's it's Levy." And we're like, "No, Kirkman himself said Levy." Generally speaking, if you've got a vowel consonant vowel, you use the long sound of the first vowel. Generally speaking, hmm. now there's exceptions to that rule. And this is like broadcasting school stuff. <laughs> so, like, generally speaking, stick with that rule and you'll be right most of the time. But okay. always, like, Levy? <laughs> like, yeah. question? With a yeah. question. And, All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before, before we let you go, you did, whether you want to tell us or not, you don't have to. You did tease a, uh, a Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg story. Oh, yeah. So, do you have the time? I, absolutely. Okay. This is, this is science. This is important. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
when I was doing Teletoon, I did an episode that was co-hosted by Seth Rogen. That's why I always refer to him as my coworker, Seth Rogen, <laughs> um, who doesn't know who I am. But when he uh, was hanging out with me at backstage, it was for the This Is The End. It was him and Evan oh, Goldberg. Yeah. And I got to spend like the whole like night with those two. And it was awesome. And I hard sold them on Invincible as a comic that night. No. Now, as a mo- as a movie? No, not as anything. Just as something that I thought was cool. Oh, okay, okay. Because like they were because t- I was wearing shorts and I have like my legs are completely covered. Uh, and the left leg, my lower leg is all Frazetta portrait stuff, and my right leg is all superhero and space stuff. And and then when I was showing Evan all of the tattoos, he said, "Who's Green Lantern fighting?" And I said, "That is Omni Man." And he goes. Who is on the man? I'm like, let me tell you. And so then I told him all about it. Now, I'm not saying that I deserve royalty. <laughs> but I am saying that th- at that point, they didn't know. Now, maybe I brought that up and they forgot about it and then read it later. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's possible. But either he was shining me on or I talked to him about it and he didn't know what it was. That's yeah. some it, that's some inception shit right there, yes. bro. I mean, that's, that's like, like the smallest little seed that yes. grew into this like... And then they're like, oh, you know that show? Oh, yeah, you know what? Someone was telling me about this. This is someone, this is something. Someone. Something worth somebody getting a tattoo over. Yeah, someone who could do, get some voice work out of this and pay them more. <laughs> but I won't give them a role. Also, um, the do you know who Neil Breen is? Uh, no. You shouldn't because it's terrible. Okay. But like Tommy Wiseau in The Room, remember how they made oh, like, yep. the Disaster Artist because their yes. love of The Room? Mm-hmm. If they ever do a movie about Neil Breen, I am friggin' calling him out on that one. Because when he came into the studio, I'm we watched the Neil Breen has like I don't even like Spinders Secrets or something like that. Neil Breen is this Las Vegas real estate developer who does movies as a tax write-off. And if you think Tommy Wiseau's movies are bad, Neil Breen's movies are even worse. Oh. You've got to watch Neil oh, Breen. I can't. They, I'm, I'm ca- putting this on record right now because if he had no idea what Neil Breen was and my former intern, Alex, can back me up on this, <laughs> that we were watching, he's like, this is insane. <laughs> like, that's when he was watching it. So you tell him. All right, all I'm right. Say it right now. All right, we'll tell him. We'll make sure when we see when we all hang out in San Diego. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because, like, I, you're hanging out with him in San Diego. No. Okay, oh, I was no. gonna say. No, you do. I want in there. I just like. I just want to <laughs> hang out. I will wear a fake beard. Yeah, right. I'll hide in the corner. <laughs> like, like, ha ha, bitch. Yeah, I won't say that because I'm trying to get work out of him. So I want <laughs> well, man, right, thank last, you so much. Last, Last question. Okay, I go. Gotta end, I gotta end it with this because uh, <laughs> sure. we ask everybody, everybody that we that we you know get to come on our show. We gotta ask the question: Who's your favorite character, and why is it Rexplode? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not Rexplode. Boom. I do love Wrong Battle answer. Beast. I do love Battle Beast, and I know yeah. if that's a that's like a cliche answer. And I and I love Battle Beast just because I think that there's so much more to that character. I think yeah. I, and like when you're talking about like if I. If I'm pitching for an anthology, I'm doing my little restaurant story. But if I got to do something, I would want to do like a battle beast at the Jedi Academy as a kitten kind of thing. (laughs) The story that I would want to do. 
Uh, but I haven't gone deep into because there's all the new Battle Beast stuff that's coming out, and I haven't read any of it. I haven't touched any of it. Mm-hmm. There's but only I one like, issue. But I'd like it's to. only a couple pages. That's what this is, but I don't want to touch it. I don't want to like open it up and look inside. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> but I'd love to. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see more of that. Like, you and you see the new Conan movie with Jason Momoa. Remember, he's got the sparrow egg in the mouth and goes on the. the it's a terrible movie. I'm no. not about to defend it. It's horrible. <laughs> but I love Conan, so I'll watch anything to do with Conan. Mm-hmm. And that opening of him as like a kid who's trying to prove himself even though he's way smaller. I see Battle Beast as a very Conan-esque character. Yeah. And I would I love to do like a who is Battle Beast Tulsa Doom? You huh. know, all those types of things. I would love to do something with, with Battle Beast. I think Baby so Thok. Baby Thok. Baby Thok. Maybe not. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if we, if, maybe if that battle beast does turn into a series or a, a, a mini or something like that, maybe we'll get some flashbacks of baby yeah. battle beast. It yeah. did end with a to be continued, I so know. there's more mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there is. Oh. Yeah, and I saw Otley doing work on some like thumbs and stuff with battle beast in them in the yeah. summer, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? That could have been just a commission or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, man. We got to wrap it up here. Thank you so much. This is always a blast, man. Talking invincible with anybody. Like I said, this is this is so great. And check out, go, go, go for it. Hey, no. If I ever come on again, I'm gonna like because I even asked him like, what are we talking about? I should have gone through and just like name checked guys so that I was like my terminology is good because oh like, no, you're the fine. Guy, the guy with the blue shirt, that guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's the we, guy. Like, we we I added think. extra vowels to Thaddeus's name for like six years on this podcast. Called him like, Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Uh, Thaddeus. I always uh, said Thaddeus. It, there's, not that, it? there's not that many letters. <laughs> there isn't. Well, your brain does it. You, it does. you don't even read it. You don't even, you see th- T-H-A and S. You're like, Thaddeus, obviously it's Thaddeus. Uh, yeah. obviously. No, this yeah. is great. And we're so, sequids or sequids. Yeah. And this is great, though. We, we're so, we screwed up so much. We're so close. We're definitely going to see you sometime in either, in, uh, either up in Toronto or uh, hopefully at San Diego. This is going to be cool. Yeah, listen, yeah. I will save some of my comps for you guys from oh, Dead yeah. Romans. These are first printing. Yeah. I'm not saying wow. they're going to be worth as much as that double splash. <laughs> hey, you never know. You guys as, a, as a friendship thing. You never know. Awesome. Appreciate right. it. Thank you so much. We'll Everybody go check out. out Dead Romans out now. If you can get it, get your first printing. Otherwise, oh, there's second printings out there. First printing. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, man. See you guys. Later. And welcome back. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, checking that out. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed our chat with Fred Kennedy. Remember, go buy Dead Romans. Check it out right now. It's uh, It was a fun read, and uh, I'm looking forward to where the rest of that story goes. Um, so, yeah, we're going to wrap this episode up here. Thank you all for listening. Um, remember, you can find us over on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, Shout out to Wyatt Lane. Uh, um, if you ever need any music done, you got a podcast, you know someone who has really awful... Uh, music for their podcast tell them they should reach out to Wiley because <laughs> Wiley makes everything better go check it out uh, and thank you all for listening um, yeah that does it TJ thank you Bill thank you we'll see you guys next month um, we're not sure what the next episode will be but keep an eye over on Twitter we'll announce it through that bye okay, bye everyone. bye